Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, your adoption show. I'm April Fallon. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story on your adoption show. I'm your host, April Fallon. If you're new to Adoption Now, we tell stories from the perspective of adoptees, birth parents, and adoptive parents. I am the mother of four children through adoption, and we know the joys and challenges of the adoption journey. And this show really does talk about it all. Okay, I'm excited to have the guest from last week back on. If you listened, this is part two of this incredible adoption story from Indiana. Jessica, welcome back to the show. Hi, April. Thanks. Okay. So let's recap from last week. You had two biological children and you were on the show. I'm having their baby. And in that process, you adopted baby Joseph. And then you got matched to another baby that you found out was going to be born with club feet. And you talked about the journey of bracing and surgeries and all that you went through to help correct his legs and his feet so that he could walk. And in the midst of all of that, you talked about how you had a very challenging open adoption. And we're going to kind of start there. You did say that you had a hiccup in the healing process, and we're going to go to that later because that was a couple years later. But first, let's talk about the open adoption. I know last episode, she said that she wanted to go to a doctor's appointment with you and the baby, but you had already planned a Mother's Day get together. Let's talk about Mother's Day. How did that turn out? Well, she, she didn't want to meet us at that point. She stopped responding to our texts and we said, we're still happy to meet with you. Let us know and we'll see you and no answer, no response. And when I talked to the agency, they were just encouraging us just kind of hang in there, just you know, kind of bear, bear with her. Um, and, and they were counseling her on their end. And we just tried to, to do what we could do um, in now being a family of six and, trying to be as open as we could and trying to plan visits, but it just didn't feel like it was ever going to be enough. So we, we had some lapses in, in communication. Um, we reached a point where we were, were still trying to make it work. And at the end of 2016, we had a planned visit. We were going to meet at an indoor playground. We made the drive with all of our family we got there, we waited a good hour, and she was a no-show. I reached out to her by email. That was kind of something that we had pivoted to at one point. We kind of got away from the cell phone communication, and we're just doing email. And I reached out to her by email and wanted to make sure everything was okay, and I didn't hear anything back from her. A couple months go by, and the phone rings, and it's the adoption agency. And they said, Jonathan's birth mom is pregnant. And she wants to know if you would adopt this baby. She'd like to keep the siblings together. And we instantly said, yes, of course. And they said, okay, why don't you come back over to the office here in the near future? We'll get everybody together again. We'll make it a little bit more of an official match meeting. And that's what we did. And we talked a little bit about where she was at in her pregnancy, that she was going to be talking with a genetic counselor um, because Jonathan had been born with 
club feet. So there was, I guess, a possibility that this baby also could have club feet. Uh, we talked about things like what might we name the baby and um, what were what was that going to look like in our home as far as bedrooms and we'd need to get a different car because now we're running out of space in our, our family vehicle. And how was she with you? Um, you know, you just never, at every visit with her, we never really knew what we were going to get. And sometimes she was warm toward us and sometimes she was cold. And I would say that day she was in a good spot. Um, Jonathan was just about to turn two. And so she was happy to see him again, of course. And we left there that evening thinking we're bringing home another baby later this year and really just excited about that and that it would be a blood relative to Jonathan. And then one month after that, <laughs> the baby was going to be due in September. So now we're talking March. So we, we, it was going to be a pretty long match period. But a month after we had seen her at the agency office, we got a call from the agency again and they said, that she had changed her mind and she no longer wanted to move forward with us and she was going to be choosing another adoptive couple. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. How did you take yeah, that? So, um, it, was, it was hard. It was something that we were, it was just kind of came out of left field. Um, my husband was out of the area with Marine Corps training. He's in the, he was in the Marine Corps Reserve at the time. And he was out in the field and training in the field in California and, and the agency called him while he was there. And so he's calling me from California and saying, guess what I just found out. And he was pretty broken up about it. And then when he got home, we were able to sort of process it together. And we thought, well, maybe I was thinking, you know, there's a possibility. Maybe she'll come back around. Maybe she'll realize, no, she really does want to keep the siblings together. Um, but it was definitely a, a grieving process that we had to walk through. And it felt like a loss. We, here was this baby that we thought we were going to be bringing home. And now it was looking like that wasn't going to happen. And it wasn't like she chose to parent because that's different. She chose yeah, a different right? family. Did you reach out yeah. to her and try to talk to her personally? We didn't. We just thought that we needed to leave the ball in her court. And um, that any communication to that point should just be through the agency. Looking back, do you wish you would have? I don't think so. No, I, I feel like we... We made the right choice and just stepping back and letting her make the decision that she felt was right for that child. So we were sad for our son because here was a sibling that he could have grown up with. And to this day, he doesn't know that that was even a, a possibility. And someday that will be a part of the story that of his story that we will share with him. But um, definitely heartbreaking for for most of our family, those who were old enough to, <laughs> to understand so our two teenagers. Um, took it pretty hard and especially our daughter and then um, we later learned that it was a baby girl that she that she did deliver and did place with um, an adoptive couple and our daughter she had always wanted a little sister Um, even before we we were matched with for the first adoption she would hope she was thinking uh, you know I'm gonna finally get this little sister that I never had right and so when she, when he was when she, we matched with Mariah and Joseph was born, of course Julia was thrilled to have a baby in the house. But there was just always a longing for a little girl, and, and God just kept giving her brothers. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, this yeah. is sad. 
let me back yeah. up and ask you this. What was the agreement that you had with her for the open adoption? Well, in our state, as far as I understand it, there's nothing legally binding. And so really it's just a, it's a process of when you're matched, you have conversations and you just say, what do you want this to look like? What, how often would you like to get together? What do you want? How do you want to receive photos? That kind of thing. Um, and so when she, w- when she was pregnant with Jonathan, she had initially thought that she would maybe like to wait about six months before she saw him. And then as she got closer to the hospital experience, she said maybe three months. And then we were fine with all of that. Like, okay, whatever, you know, whatever um, is important to you, we will try to make that work. And then after he was born, she pretty quickly was saying that she wanted to see him as soon as possible. So it was always in flux. And we never, we never signed anything committing to anything, especially as the relationship got more rocky. And the agency at one point, they suggested maybe a, a coming to an agreement, like a signed agreement that wouldn't be legally binding, but just where everybody was on the same page. And expectations would be right there for right. you. Yes. And my husband, I think, was very wise in just saying, we're not, we're not signing anything like that. We really just need to take it on kind of a, a visit by visit basis and see how things are going. We didn't want to walk into something that, that we eventually would regret and say we were really, we're really uncomfortable now with the situation, but we're now, we feel obligated <laughs> to, to make these visits happen. And so we never did sign anything and we, we just kind of left it open. Like we'll just, we'll just plan the next visit and we'll, we'll see how it goes. And we, we tried to, to stay with that as much as we could. Um, we saw her one more time after she placed that baby for adoption with another family. And this was when Jonathan was going to be turning three years old. Um, the visit was pretty awkward because there's sort of this elephant in the room, right? We're, we didn't want to bring up all that had transpired in the past year. Um, and she, this was not a very comfortable visit. It was, it was, I think just that cold feeling in the room and that was the last time we saw her. And that was in 2000, early 2018. So five years ago. And so um, we are, you know, same phone number, same email address. Um, Agency workers would still be, would be there to, uh, to make contact with us if that's what she wanted. And we've just decided to, again, step back, take a breather and, and then we'll just kind of keep it in a wait and see place. Okay, so now the door is opened for adoption again, right? Because now your daughter's like, I really yeah. want a sister. So <laughs> where did yes, you right. move forward? At what point? Okay, so yeah, so um, summer of 2017, um, we thought, well, we thought we were done. But now that this opportunity came and went, maybe we do want to consider putting ourselves out there again. I was aware of an agency, a very small independent Christian agency that had very few placements. In fact, I don't think they'd had a placement for the entire previous 12 to 18 months. And they had like zero marketing budget. (laughs) And yet we just took a step of faith with them. It was, it was more affordable than the larger agency. And they were very welcoming. They didn't mind that we had, four children already. Um, they just, 
approved us, and we were back in the waiting game. That that was uh, by the end of 2017. Well, fast forward nine months, and there had not been a single phone call. And we had a decision to make, and we we had to have some conversations. Are we going to renew this home study, or are we just going to let it lapse and say, we're finally closing the door, we're closing this chapter of our lives, the Lord has been so gracious, two biological children, two children through adoption, and we decided we are, we're not going to renew our home study. We're just going to let it expire a little bit later that year. One month later, the phone rings. And so now it's August. It's actually August 7th of 2018. It, it was 22 years to the day from our first date. <laughs> so I won't forget that. And the agency worker, she said, well, if Jacob's home, can you, can you guys get on the speakerphone? together and the agency social worker she said um, we've been in contact with a 19 year old pregnant woman she's pregnant with her third child and she at this time is living in a residential addiction treatment center she is due with a baby boy in about two weeks and he's been exposed yes a boy (laughs) (laughs) Um, he had been drug exposed during the second trimester to methamphetamines and there's daily nicotine exposure. And so my husband is, we're talking and he's um, on his computer, like Googling the effects of these, these substances on the preborn child. And I thought, Oh boy, he's going to, he's definitely going to say no. He's, he's going to, he's going to just reason that this is not wise to step into this situation where this, this baby could have all of these, health health problems as a result of exposure. But at the end of the call, the social worker said, okay, she would like to meet you and one other couple. So why don't you guys talk it over and just let me know if you want to be considered. And immediately Jacob said, we want to be considered. Wow. And I was just like, praise the Lord. (laughs) So thankful that he wasn't going to let anything um, any fear you know, stop him from saying, yes, we'll move forward with this. The, all of the unknowns, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to take a leap of faith here. See, and I think Noah went, would have done that, but he would have said, thing. if it's not meant to be, she'll pick the other couple. Right. Right. It yeah. almost would have made him feel right. better to have another couple because it's like, you know, we're going <laughs> to, it's 50-50. We'll just say yes and see how it goes. And if she picks us, she picks us. He does that all the time. He's like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Just say yes. Yes. And in my, yes, in my mind, I can, I can agree with that. But your heart is like, pick us, pick us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we were able to drive up to meet her a couple of days later. And then we were told that she would be meeting the other couple that same day. And we drove away, not knowing what she would decide. And we had to wait 24 hours. And as I told you before, it's the longest 24 hours of my life. Did you like her? But we got the call. We did. Yeah, she was a little bit quiet. Um, she was very petite, like Mariah is petite. They're both, you know, stand about five feet tall. And just very unassuming, very, 
gentle natured person. And she was another one that I thought, you know, I could be your mom. <laughs> and um, you just try to to share your, your heart and your story and, and hope that she, she sees something in you that she feels comfortable with and that she wants to, to move forward with an adoption plan. And so we found out 24 hours later that we were the couple that she wanted to move forward with. Do you know why? She said, um, so Jacob is a little bit of a sentimental guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And so during the conversations with her, especially when some questions were asked about our other four children, he got a little emotional talking about them. And I think that that touched her heart. Um, Another thing is I had written out a greeting card, just a little, you know, thank you for taking the time to meet us. And I put a, a picture in there of our family that was a little more current than what she would have seen in the profile album. And she referenced that as well, that that, you know, she appreciated the card. Um, yeah, so those were just a couple of things that. Yeah. Okay, so now you're on the adoption journey again. Yeah. It's not going to be a girl; it's going to be a boy. And does yeah. the pregnancy go as planned? Yeah, so she was due, like I said, a couple couple of weeks from that, that initial call. We decided on the name Judah. In the Old Testament, Judah is the fourth son of Jacob. And oh. when we, when that all like connected in our minds, like Judah's going to be the fourth son of our Jacob, <laughs> we thought, okay, we love, we got to do this name. And then we asked her um, to help us in choosing a middle name. And via the social worker, we, we sent a list of about eight names that we liked and also asked if she wanted to suggest any names. And she picked one of the names off of our list, which is Elias. So he's Judah Elias. We started scrambling, like we don't have a lot of time here. This baby really could come any day. And we had, we didn't have baby gear. <laughs> we didn't have baby essentials. So it was a shopping spree at Bye Bye Baby. And it was an Amazon order for a car seat. And about a week later, we were able to Oh my gosh, this is my favorite to- thing. I'm oh. so sorry. It's like I go back <laughs> to so many things in my own journey when you're talking. And it brings me such... <laughs> joy to Aww. think about that. It's my favorite time when you get matched yeah. and you have a moment to get all the stuff and you are just throwing stuff in a cart. It's so fun. <laughs> it's like the best money you've <laughs> ever spent. You don't even care. You're just buying yeah, everything right. and you're happy yeah. and you're excited and there's so much anticipation. Oh my gosh. Right. Makes me want to adopt again. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to go on a journey with somebody and help them throw the stuff in the cart. Right. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I can't believe you're doing this at this point. I mean, at this point, you're in your 40s. Yes. It's tiring. That's tiring. <laughs> you must have a lot of energy. I can't imagine right now having a baby. Uh, right. Well, I'm already so tired with I the guess four. the Lord gives you what you need. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So you're throwing everything in a cart. You're buying everything. And when did the baby come? Well, really quick, I told the social worker, I said, if we could arrange a, a time where our whole family could, could meet her for lunch or just spend a little bit of time together, I would love for her to meet all of us. And my, my purpose in that was I just wanted her to get a better feel for how, how we all sort of function as a family. Um, and I thought, too, it just maybe help her to have a little bit pe- more peace of mind since she had really just met us. And so if she's in the hospital and she's starting to really have second thoughts or question, I just 
I thought maybe if she could spend a little bit of time with all of us, it would help to solidify in her mind that, and give her a sense of peace. Like I, I made a good decision. So we were able to do that the day before he was born. We all um, got in the car, went up and met her for lunch. And yeah, I tell you her heart, when the birth moms are sitting there thanking you for, for stepping into this situation and adopting the baby. And you're thinking you're about to give us such a precious gift. We should be, you know, we need to be the ones thanking you. And, mm-hmm. and yet they are expressing their thanks. And I think they really feel a burden lifted. Like, okay, I'm, I'm doing a good thing. I'm making a good choice. And um, she, she was thanking us at lunch and our oldest son, Justin, he thanked her and, and just, was said he was glad he was going to get to have another little brother. And Jonathan, who was three at the time, he piped up and told her, we're getting a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was very sweet. And the next day, I start getting texts in the morning that she is in labor. And so we throw everything in the car, drive about an hour to the hospital. And this was the one time where I was not asked to be in the delivery room. She had a support person from her treatment center that was with her. And that person kept coming down to the room that we had been sitting in and was giving us updates and um, letting us know, okay, it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to be just a few more, you know, a few more minutes. It's, it's almost time to push or um, saying things like, we're so excited for you guys. And <laughs> it's just such a, an interesting spot to sit in because mm-hmm. you don't know if you should be feeling excited or you should be feeling heartbroken for this, this woman who's in this crisis pregnancy, right? You're feeling all of it. A little while later, he's born and the nurses carried him into our room in their arms. And so do you want, like, do you want to get your camera ready? Here he is. And just uh, passed off this baby to us. And <laughs> you're just, sort of living in shock and and trying to figure out okay <laughs> we're we're just we're we're in this we're we're going to spend the night here and we're going to hope that everything works out tomorrow when it's time for her to to sign the paperwork but again you don't know it could do a 180 overnight right so true now did you yeah. think he was going to be detoxing or no because she had been in a treatment center right so we were told that they were going to be monitoring him, watching for any um, possible withdrawal symptoms. Um, he was about seven pounds. He was a healthy weight. And there, was, there were no obvious signs. But I also was, was thinking that we might be in a good spot because he had been at the treatment center since June, I believe. And now it was August. And so I thought hopefully a lot of that was out of our system and... And then we didn't know if the nicotine would, would it in any way cause some effects, but he seemed to be doing really well. And they said he could go home at the, you know, at the 48 hour point. And the day we brought him home, our oldest son had his first day of college. So it just oh shows you goodness. where we were oh in all goodness. of these different seasons. I know. <laughs> and he was healthy. We did see. Yes. Yep. Was and is healthy. He is, he is kind of petite like his birth mom. So smaller size guy, but uh, he's four and a half now and growing, developing well. Happy kid. No learning difficulties. And, yeah. Not no. I, he may end up needing speech therapy. It's hard to know at four and a half if he's going to outgrow some of those things. Kind of the normal 
speech things or if he'll end up needing some intervention at some point. What year is this? That was 2018. Jonathan was about three and a half. So the hiccup that you were talking about happened like a year and a half later with his legs? Correct. So we'll, we'll, let's enter to, um, 2020 when the world turned upside down with COVID. <laughs> and our oldest son, Justin, proposed to his girlfriend in May. And then we had an appointment in June to, to head out to St. Louis for a follow-up with Jonathan's doctor. And we had noticed that he was starting to walk on the outsides of his feet a little bit more. And we suspected there might, that he might be relapsing. And when we got to the doctor, that he confirmed that that was the case. And he was recommending a, a more invasive surgery that would be, um, in layman's terms, it's called a tendon transfer surgery. He also let us know that he was moving his practice to Florida. And so very soon. And so that's where treatment would need to happen. No longer in St. Louis, Missouri, but now down in... Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> right. So did you travel to and Florida? So, yes. Jacob took Jonathan to Florida for casts to be applied to continue the treatment process in preparation for a surgery that would come a little bit later. And meanwhile, we got an, e- we got an email from Joseph's birth mom, Mariah, asking us, if we would adopt the baby that she was now pregnant with. What? Oh my goodness. Correct. Okay. So at this time, Jonathan is five and he's going to Florida to get his treatment. Yeah. And you have a one and a half year old, Judah. Is that one yes. an open adoption? That is. And we have some contact. Um, we've seen her a couple of times since the birth and um, also have an Instagram account where we share photos. Okay, so you have all of this going and you find out your first birth mother, Mariah, is pregnant again. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. And you're going to say yes? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think we, we said yes. I, I knew in my heart that we would say yes, but we had to talk through a little bit. We needed to figure out, okay, so we need to call an adoption attorney. We need to have a conversation with Mariah and find, gather more information, like what is going on? Why are you considering adoption? At this point, we're both 44 years old. <laughs> I don't think that was going to slow us down. We just, we knew, we knew that um, this baby was going to be coming home with us. Oh my goodness. Now, please tell me this is a girl. This is a girl. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> Your daughter, Julia, she had to have been so thrilled. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. She said Mariah came through for me. (laughs) And how was it seeing Mariah again and thinking about going through the process again? So we had seen her multiple times over the years. And so when we talked on the phone and we let her know we were going to be hiring an attorney and then the attorney and a social worker that worked closely with the attorney were going to kind of take it from there and be meeting with her counseling her some, having her fill out all the paperwork. And I said to Mariah, if you would like for me to be at any doctor appointments, I will do all that I can to be there. And she said, I would like for you to come to as many as you can. And so she told me about the first one, which would be in July of 2020. Um, And I wasn't sure because of COVID if I'd be even allowed. 
but I made it as far as the, the waiting room. And then eventually they, they called me back to the exam room as well because she had let them know that the mother of this baby was in the waiting room. <laughs> so she was just very um, welcoming and she was p- putting herself, she needed, I think, just to have that in her, her head, like, okay, I'm placing this baby. This is the baby's mother. Um, the communication still was primarily through email and it was kind of spotty. And so I would sometimes reach out to the attorney, have you heard anything? Do you have any updates for me? And I wasn't being asked to any more doctor appointments. And I started to wonder if maybe she was reconsidering the whole plan. Um, meanwhile, jo- Jonathan needed his surgery down in Florida. And so we, Jacob and I both were there for that. And I was just hoping Mariah would not go into early labor. She was due in early November. This was late September. And um, she did carry the pregnancy until about the third week of October. So it was about, the baby came about two weeks early. I was at the hot, we were together at the hospital, Jacob and I, um, I was in the delivery room and Jillian was born while I, I was there. I was present for that. And we took care of her right away at the hospital. A couple of hours after her birth, we learned that, that Jillian was being tested for drug exposure, which really was... Wow. A shock. Yeah, not, it had not been on, yeah, a shock. It hadn't been on the radar at all for us. It wasn't something that we thought was going to be a part of this story. Uh, the nurse told me that evening that we should plan on, she said, the pediatrician will see you in the morning and give you more details, but you need to plan on a longer hospital stay. And so we learned the next morning that Jillian had been exposed to methamphetamines and that the the standard for a hospital stay for that, for monitoring the baby was five days. And the, <laughs> the kicker with that was that Jonathan needed to be back in Florida for cast removal in about three days. <laughs> and so we're just, our, you know, our heads are spinning with, with all of this. Did you have family around to help you? Well, just one grandmother in the state my husband's mother, and she was taking care of a couple of the little boys while, while we were at the hospital. And then we had our, you know, our, t- our teenagers were able to, to assist some, but we, we weren't seeing any withdrawal signs in Jillian. And we thought we just want to get home as soon as possible. And I would love to be home and not at the hospital when Jake is in Florida with Jonathan and so they said, well, we'll take it on a, like a day-by-day basis. We will consider allowing for an early, an early release. And that's what they did. They, let, they cut us out. <laughs> they let us go early. They said that she appears to be doing really well, and we trust that you'll bring us back, or that you will bring her back if you notice any concerning signs. Did you ask Mariah what happened? Like, how had her life changed was she? I think I think she grew up in a family that this was was an ongoing problem of drug addiction, and I I, I don't really know. Uh, I know I know for some of her siblings it was a problem, and I don't know from the period in all the years that we've known her when it's been a problem for her directly, personally. Um, and I try not to ask a lot of questions, and we haven't seen her since the hospital, so she really pulled back. Um, there's been a time or two where she said, I really, I'd really like to see Joseph and Jillian. And we say, okay, let us know, you know, give us some dates and times that work well for you. And then, and then we don't hear anything. But Jillian was healthy after that. She's a healthy child now. 
She is, yes. She's developing um, normally, and she's a very healthy, happy girl, a very verbal child, <laughs> two and a half, and doing great. Okay, now are you done? <laughs> okay, never say never, but we don't foresee <laughs> adopting again. So um, my husband would say, you know, if a situation came directly to us, in the way that Jillian's situation came directly to us, you know, not necessarily on our doorstep, but where we are being asked, will you adopt this baby? It'd be really hard to say no. But we also are aware of our age. We're now both 47. And so <laughs> we're probably going to be entering grandparent stage before we know it. Um, our daughter, Julia, just got engaged. So we are, I'm in wedding dress shopping with her. And um, I don't foresee bringing home a new baby again. Well, these stories are amazing. Your family is adorable. I can't wait to post these pictures. And Jonathan is doing great. He's walking. All that surgery is over with. Yes. Well, I hope on this journey, birth moms come around. It is a give and take. And sometimes these stories are amazing. And sometimes they're absolutely challenging, or they take a different turn. I appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story in a very honest way. Well, grateful for the opportunity. And I think it will encourage people also that struggle. I think that it's normal. And just talking about these issues help other people realize that it really is. (laughs) It is a journey. You never know how it's going to turn out. Every time I say it's going to go this way, it goes another way. Or I have another story come in. So I learned a ton from you. And I even learned that my mom was born with a club foot in this whole process. I know. She had never told me in all these years. My grandma never told me. And so she went through the braces as well. Something I didn't know. Mm. I know. That's amazing. It's just really crazy what comes out when, you know, you start talking to people and getting these stories. But thank you so much, Jessica. You're welcome. Happy to talk with you. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the new website, adoptionnowpodcast.com. And thank you for joining us on your adoption show. See you next episode.